Hey, welcome to RushCast. My name's Jay Mantis. Thank you very much for listening to our show. We're happy to have you here. We're at our championship round for the trivia series. If you've been with us for the last month or so, you've heard a, uh, a series of questions thrown out about about around 20 different RushCast listeners that are participating, and I've been keeping score, and it's been a lot of fun, and I'm definitely out of questions. I've got every little tiny tidbit of Rush information I could out of my brain onto paper and into the podcast, and I'm, I'm just about out of gas. So, uh, so later today in this episode, you'll hear the, the leaders, the two leaders from the trivia series who have the most points, and we'll, uh, we'll have our final round and see who's champion. Should be fun. Today, I'm upstate in upstate New York, where I grew up, and Dad Mantis is here. This is a Dad Mantis episode. Surprise. How's it going? Ta-da. Yeah. Going good, Jay. I like your um, your theme music <laughs> that you gave yourself there. You could have just asked me later to input something cool, but you, you could also do that. Whatever you just did, that's that's also allowed. Do the, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's the... That was even better. The classic like nineteen late 1970s Superman theme that you do. Well, Acapella. It's the modification made by Richard Pryor, but we won't get into detail. What is the only Rush song that includes the word Superman? Superman and <laughs> Supernature. What is it? Time in motion. Yes. You only know that because I grilled you on it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was one of the first tri- like trivia questions that you sent me before Rushcast was even a thing. I remember you just sent it to me one day. And I had to think about it, but I got it. And uh, then I asked you, like, years later, as I wrote it down for the trivia series, and you were like, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think about well, that. I knew, but I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things you hear it, you're, like, listening to the album, and you're like, that'd be an interesting trivia question. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, like, text it to me, and then out of context, you have no idea, though. Right. I think that's how it happened, too. I think I was listening to Tess for Echo and... Uh if I had more time, I would have done the trivia series like that, where I just sit down and listen to an album and just write down every little thing I think of. Because you think of a million different, like, oh, I, it's usually with Chad, where mm. I'm like, I could totally stump Chad with a question about that or whatever. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, want to say hi to Bob Ahrens, Keith Scher, and Jose Saga from Mexico. I hope, I, it looks like Zaga as an American would say it, but I'm assuming it's Saga. I'm trying to imagine how my high school Spanish teacher would say it. Jose Saga. Or Sega. Or Saga. <laughs> it could be Saga. If it's Saga, please let me know, Jose. Anyway, but no, those are th- uh, three people who uh, who sent me an email and said hi after I prompted people to like, hey, if you're listening and you've never talked to me, please send me an email and let me know that you're there. Then uh, a new listener emailed me. His name is Angelo, right? And I emailed you as soon as he sent me this. And I said, is this a joke? Because Angelo emailed me and said, hey, I, I listen to your show. I like it. And this, it's fun. And I live in New York City just like you do. And I'm a JetBlue pilot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Because I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a closeted uh, airplane geek in the same way that a five-year-old is an airplane geek. He just, you know. I just like airplanes. We won't talk about how you went from tractors to airplanes. Yeah, there were race cars were in the middle. Yeah. The fa- you mean the phases throughout my life? Right. You thought I was going to be a farmer when I was a kid? You were going to drive some kind of tractor. I know that. Yeah. I just like big machines. Mm. That's all. Airplane- you get rid of the wheels and grab wings. Airplanes are more impressive than tractors in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. uh, I, I actually got lunch with Angelo, and we, uh, we talked about Rush for an hour, and then we talked about airplanes for an hour. It was a blast. <laughs> Definitely email me if you listen to my show and you live in New York, because that'd be, that'd be cool to meet you. I have a couple audio clips. People, if you're a new listener, people do this often. They'll once, or once in a while, they'll send me an audio clip that I can play on the show and then respond to in real time. Uh, so here's one regarding the trivia series from... Matthew Snyder, who was on our Mammoth uh, Vapor Trails episode from a few months ago. Hello, Jay Mantis. This is Matt Snyder, your uh, compadre in Vapor Trails uh, fanhood, Uh, partially responsible for the longest episode of your podcast. 
to my either credit or blame. Um, so I just I just want to tell you I've been really enjoying all the the quiz show aspect of your podcast now. They're a lot of fun. Some questions are really hard. Some I think are really easy, and I think different people find you know their differences in what they hear is easier or hard. You know. Um, but uh, I also very much enjoyed you re- reiterating once again how much you love Vapor Trails because I'm a sucker for that. Uh, I have a suggestion for um, for questions. I, I like musical questions, but you know it is a fine line between what is like too complex for the average person to deal with, like keys or anything like that. But I also think like it's interesting to ask things about songwriting or what is the only song that has this kind of structure all that that also might be too complex for people but i'm going to try and come up with something at least one question for you that is you know not uh too difficult not too hard but also one that tells you that the person has really been been listening to these guys so again keep up the good work i'm a fan of the show hopefully i'll be on again with you one day talking about something else so um cheerio and uh, i'll talk to you soon bye Thanks, Matt. Good to hear from you, man. He actually did send me a question like the next day. He emailed me and said, uh, essentially, uh, what are the name? Uh, he, we're talking about songs that start with drums, but not just a drum fill. You know what I mean? It's not like a fill and then the band comes in. Right. It's what? how many songs are there that are just drums out front? And he gave me, I wasn't sure what he meant. He gave me one example, like The Anarchist. Like it's drums for an extended amount of time, and he said, "Like, what was the first album to include an example, a song that does that? What is the only album since that hasn't included that? Which one included two? And it took me all day, but I did figure it all out. I had to go through every single song mentally and think, how does that song start on every single album? Would animate count?" Uh, yeah, that was. I think that was one of the only ones on Counterparts. Hmm. That it, it was the each album had one, and one of them had two, and I think that was the one on Counterparts. So you get what I mean, though. Start with just with drums. Right, right. Uh, we also had. You can. That would be a good thing to do for each of the instruments. Which one starts with just bass? Which one starts with just guitar? Well, we. I think somebody pointed out there's only a few that start. Maybe, maybe one or two that start with just bass. Yeah. I can think of one double agent starts with just bass. I don't know of any others that do. Yeah, we'd have to think. By the way, I missed a uh, in our Kevin round, I believe, where Kevin was giving random lyrics. I don't think you've heard that episode that's yet. What I missed. Yeah, yeah. I haven't listened that's yet. I think a really interesting episode. Uh, How to go? It good. I think some people were a little annoyed <laughs> with some of the, but it, it was completely he random. Didn't, he didn't like come up with a, a modern day warrior means right. No, there were a few that were like people were like up oh, like thank you very much. That was yeah, yeah, yeah gimmies. Yeah, clearly a gimme. But uh, some of them were pretty hard. Some of them I thought were hard, and then I listened to the episode back, and I was like, oh, I know that one. And I hear me on the episode like, oh, I don't know what that <laughs> one is. Like, come on. <laughs> uh. Uh, what were we saying? About whether the guitar. Oh, or... I um I missed a mission quote, and I thought of you because I know that song really well, and I I don't remember what line it was, but I I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, and oh. and then the guest got it, and I felt like a moron. Jeez, that's what I'm saying, man. We have another audio clip from the guy that sends us audio clips all the time. The Rushcast Perpetual Hitchhiker, Jason Vaughn. You know why he's the Perpetual Hitchhiker, he's right? He's always outside. He's always outside. It always sounds like he's in the middle of a highway. There's cars buzzing by him. There's wind. There's birds. All kinds of stuff. So we don't know where he's hitchhiking to. Maybe he's a closet Rush fan. He doesn't want his wife to know or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. House, you know? That's what I'm thinking. Or he's just straight up homeless and he's just <laughs> <laughs> he's just walking all the well, time. Let's hope that's not the case. Or maybe, maybe it's like a Forrest Gump situation or something. <laughs> what did Forrest do? He just ran. Or I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of running. He ran. Hey Jay, how's it going? This is Jason Vaughn, Rushcast's favorite, as far as I know, only hitchhiker in the Rush community. How's everybody doing out there? After my terrible performance in the Rush Lyrics Contest tri- slash trivia contest. I figured I should get on and try to contribute a little bit more because uh, my showing was just uh, god-awful. Anyway, 
You know me, Jay. I love 1970s Rush. It's my favorite period uh, by far. And I've been listening to the debut album a lot lately. 42 years old. And there's been something that's been nagging me ever since I brought the album back in 2000 when I first became a fan of the band. In the song Before and After, you have that whole long intro, slow intro. I always feel like Getty was late coming in on one of the parts. In the song, if you and your listeners go to two minutes and seven seconds in that song. Oh my God, this is Johnny Dolan. Live action here. Uh, if you go to two minutes and seven seconds on that song, listen to when Getty comes in. It's just one note. He's, you know, he's just trying to get the timing down. It always seemed to me that Getty was just like a, a half a second late. Now, I'm not a, a, a student of music. I play bass, but I did not go to school for it. I know you go to school for it. Some of your listeners are very good players. I, I want to hear what you think. Let me, you be the judge. Two minutes, seven seconds. Was Getty just a half a second late? And I know back then they were, they were playing uh, long, long gigs and then recording this album. Um, when they were done in the middle of the night. So maybe they just said, ah, we'll just, we'll just push on. It's our first album. Let's go. Let me know what you think. Mistake? Was he late or no? This is Jason Vaughn, Rushcast's favorite hitchhiker. That is hands down the best audio clip I've ever received. <laughs> because for the guy that's always, that's seemingly on the road all the time in the middle of his call to be attacked by a dog, <laughs> I think is really funny. Um, I have not checked out that section. Do you know what he's talking about? Maybe, because as he's saying it, I vaguely remember thinking something similar to that, but I can't remember if it was the same Mm. song or not. Yeah, all right. So I'll tell you what. I'll listen. I'll listen once we're done here, and we'll talk about it next time on the next episode. We'll see if anybody else listening um, picks up on the same thing, Jason. Can't we listen now? You want to listen now? Yeah, pull it up. Okay, we listened to it, and. I hear what he's talking about. I think what happens is, is there's a guitar strum that he plays a note with. And the first time he plays it at, as he starts the strum. And the second time, which is at that 2 minutes 09, Alex strums down. And as he gets to the end of the strum is where Getty plays his note. So I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to... Yeah, on, on the initial listen, it does kind of sound like it's late. But what you're suggesting is that it was done intentionally for a musical reason. Yeah. Whereas Alex is, instead of just playing the all six strings, he's Bring. yeah, he's sort of like making it an arpeggio. He's going right. down s- a slow strum. So Getty's playing the end of that waterfall right? instead of the beginning. That's what I think because it's Getty Lee. And, you know, he doesn't make mistakes. And I'll do whatever I want. I'll sing whatever <laughs> lyrics I want. <laughs> I wish, I wish I hadn't messed that up. It would have been beautiful. Yeah. I'm Getty Lee, and I'll say whatever lyrics I want. <laughs> I don't watch South Park, but that's my impression of whatever character that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if, if you guys have another idea about what that might be, I mean, it's, pretty, it's a pretty obscure little chunk, uh, little segment that we're talking about, but send me an email. Uh, the last audio clip I have, is I, I just remembered I had it because he sent it to me a while ago. Is correspondent Chad? Here we go. Hey Jay, this is correspondent Chad. I just want to shoot you a quick message. I know you love talking about song order, particularly on studio albums. However, you and I we've had a lot of conversations about live albums or uh, just live tours and how the band structures their song order. Uh, I remember when I saw Snakes for the first time, which was the first time I'd ever seen the band, and there's a gentleman in front of me, and he was talking about what songs he wanted to hear Rush play live. And I remember him saying, I really hope they play Fly By Night. And that was my first real encounter with somebody, you know, from an older generation. You know, I'm 35, so I remember listening to, you know, moving pictures and that as a kid on LP with my father. Uh... But, yeah, so an older generation, I wanted to hear older songs. And, you know, I'm listening to Time Machine right now. I'm driving. And the first thing I thought of was how older fans sometimes, you know, they probably have a really hard time sitting through some of the more modern set lists. On R40, of course, you know, they, they went backwards in time. So once they started getting through a few songs, you know, the whole chunk of the night was basically in their wheelhouse with what they wanted. Um I just think it's interesting that there's probably moments 
that fans were like, when when are we going to hear something good? When are we going to hear something old? So I was like, what is probably the worst set list that they've had to endure? Of course, Snakes and Arrows on the back half where they played a whole bunch of songs from that album. But this, discounting that, I think Time Machine, uh, going from Time Stand Still uh, down to Brought Up to Believe, that had to been pretty brutal for some fans. Time Stand Still, Presto, Stick It Out, Working Them Angels, Leave That Thing Alone, Faceless, Brought Up to Believe. And finally, the spell's broken with free will uh, before going into Marathon Subdivisions of Tom Sawyer. But that suite of songs must have been really challenging for some people. I'm just curious, what songs or what block of songs do you think is hard for some fans to have endured, whether old or new? I hope that makes sense, man. Talk to you later. That's, a, that's an interesting point, that chunk of time he listed, or the, that segment. As he said it, I'm like, wow, I like all them yeah, songs. Yeah, like people like the three of us can all agree like, oh yeah, do that more. <laughs> I, I think it's a two-sided coin. I think the older folks who grew up in the 70s listening to them aren't thrilled with the new stuff, but then you got the, from the, you know, moving pictures on people who sometimes prefer the newer stuff and not so much the old stuff. Yeah, but like in the word newer, it doesn't mean anything anymore because like yeah. if moving pictures on is newer... You know, there's like the people that are moving pictures on, then there are people that are presto on or or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I would technically I would classify as like vapor trails on. Yeah. Because I'm where I was born, but um, I don't know about segments. I'd have to look at the exact list, which I'll look up right now. But no, uh, the one thing about his uh, thing that he said is uh, that poor guy is gonna die before he hears. Fly, fly by, by night, night line. They're not going to do it. <laughs> but we all, we've all been to Rush concerts where the guy next to you is like, you know, like, you know, I want to hear Chris of Steel or whatever. And it's like, you're not going to get that, man. Can you imagine what the crowd roar would be if you just heard that opening guitar riff? Yeah, that's a great point. And then go into a different song. <laughs> just a total like fake out. Like a Cygnus teaser. Uh, I don't understand why it doesn't get thrown into like a medley in some capacity, right? Or just a melo- just playing instrumentally. You didn't have to sing like it, just... the R30 medley, which right, was yeah. just there was no singing. Yeah, um, because it was one of their hits. But I mean... we all we are. I assume I always assume it's the singing that they the reason they don't return yeah. to it is the singing. Singing, but I also lyrics. I re watched an interview and Getty was like. There are some songs that were big, and we look back and we're just like, that, "That's just not us, like anymore or yeah. whatever." Uh, I want to look because I I know, well, I know what tour I think that one of the recent tours was the worst. If you're somebody who's like pre pre signals, mm. then I I would, or or somebody that's looking for radio hits, like, uh, I think without a doubt, Clockwork Angels tour must have been really really tough to get through right. because i remember when that t- that tour was so long i saw it three times because it was so big and i lived in different places for each one but uh, i remember thinking there's only like two radio hits on this whole thing you you always think oh there's like five they gotta play tom sawyer subdivisions uh uh limelight free will spirit of radio right, right? if those are pro- maybe the five they, they have, have to, to play, play yeah. Uh, we starts out with subdivisions and then nothing, 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 nothing for the rest of that set. The second set is all Clockwork Angels. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then we get Dreamline. Is that really a return to older material? Nah. No. But you know, here's here's the thing. YYZ Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer, twenty one twelve to finish that. We could probably throw twenty one twelve into that. Um, and yeah they rotated limelight in and out as well i just think that it omitted free will limelight was only there every other night Hmm. uh yeah maybe it's not as bad as i think i but if we're talking about chunks of songs we go from big money force 10 grand designs the body electric territories analog kid bravado where's my thing far cry caravan clockwork angels the anarchist carnies the wreckers headlong flight Seven Cities Gold, Wish Them Well, The Garden, and then Dreamline. Like, but, that's a big chunk. But think about it, though. You know, at this stage in the game with Rush's career and the way that their albums have been so 
you know, spaced out. Now, they're not banging them out one every year, obviously. But if you're paying the money to go see a Rush show, you're not the casual fan who only knows the hits. You're following them. If you're at this in 2015, you're going to a Rush show, you know their latest album. You know what you they're putting so? out. Oh, yeah. The majority of the crowd, 90% of them. I'll give you that 10% who is being dragged along because they don't, you know, they're not a... Do you think those people like the album? Like, do you think they've heard it and love it? Or do you think they've heard it and been like, okay, that's the new stuff, but I want to hear the old stuff? Uh, I I would like to think they heard it and loved it, and that's why they're there. But, they, you know, obviously everybody wants to hear their favorite songs that they love throughout the years. Okay, granted they can only play just so many songs. But still, when you think about it, you know, if you don't know anything about the band for the last 20 years and they came to your town and says, oh, I'm going to go see Rush because I used to like them a long time ago, that guy might be a little disappointed. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. <laughs> But <laughs> they're up there playing the garden and wish them well. I don't like, think mm. the majority <laughs> of the crowd is that guy. You know? Yeah, like, that's true. But then there's like, like I'm, I'm pretty, in the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty inexperienced at concert going. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Rush a million times, but and like other band, I saw Sting like mm-hmm. third row in Las Vegas. Right. Thought that I thought I was gonna hate it, and it was amazing. It was one of the best concerts of my life. Right. And other than that, there haven't been a ton of. I saw ACDC also third row, and that was you know ACDC. Well, but, that's, that's like me. I'm a huge Genesis fan. I've only seen them once live in my life because it was the only time they came to a city. I had to travel. Do th- they primarily th- tour in in uh, the UK? No, they were they went all around the world when they did, but they they were kind of like Rush, where their albums came out very infrequently, oh. and so when they did a tour, if they came near you, you know it was a, it you was had to a jump on it, yeah. So, but I still followed every album they put out, and and all that kind of thing. But um, we got an infiltrator in the coming in there. Oh, she's leaving. Yeah, she wants no part of it. Clearly, Mrs. Mantis. Mrs. Mantis, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know if Mom Mantis was appropriate. Mrs. Mantis. <laughs> uh, but when I when I saw Sting, I went in, I, I knew, like, Fields of Gold, I think. Right, yeah. And um, obviously he played some tracks. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Sting. I've heard this track. Well, Didn't you heard that. that was him. You also knew that famous police song that he always sang about the dirt. And- Roxanne. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a little kid, <laughs> my dad told me that the song Roxanne, he was saying rock sand. And, uh, you know, like the stuff they put on the road. And and know, I believed it because, you know, I was a kid who, like, believed his dad. <laughs> yeah, but I was also a dad who thought maybe he was listening to the rest of their lyrics, too, and realized, what's the red light in, the, in that dress? I, I think it was more of a case of you just like, me like, what's he saying? And you're like, oh, he's saying rock sand. Get it? And then you're probably like, he'll forget about this in 30 seconds. But... Yeah. If we could go back in time into the car at that moment and, and like, I, the ghost of 24-year-old me is just like, uh, he's going to remember this for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> this one moment. Yeah, but, no, the, okay. the Sting concert was, like, it knocked my socks off. And it, most of it, the stuff I was super impressed with, like, I could tell when they start playing, uh, what's the SOS song? Message in a Bottle. What yeah, is it? Yeah. Sending out an What's the title? It's something different, right? Maybe message it's a message in a bottle. In a bottle. Think, yeah. uh, like the crowd erupts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this. This is clearly a radio tune. Some of the police stuff they really went crazy for. But it was the stuff I had never heard that I knew were like B-sides. I remember he, he had this one song that was a shred fest. He had a violinist out like shredding like a guitarist mm-hmm. would. Mm-hmm. It was in 11, similar to like the Losing It 11 and the right. jam section of Losing It. And I'm like, oh, these guys are real musicians. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they're, they're not messing around. Uh, so... I wonder if there are people who, and I don't like follow Sting now, but mm. I wonder if there are people who went to a Rush show who were excited to hear Free Will and Tom Sawyer, but then heard Marathon and were like, what the heck is yeah. that? Well, I hope That's so. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Or are they couldn't stand it. But that's, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they What were. are some of the songs you think people in that situation, people are like, what is going on right now? <laughs> what is this? Oh, I don't know. A song like Halo Effect or something like. No, I think a song like that somebody would like. Well, it depends on who we're talking about. If it's someone who's who wants to hear the Necromancer and and anthem, yeah, or, then or, they're gonna be upset. Yeah, with or Halo if they want to hear like a Twenty One Twelve type 
style guitar, you know, then I can't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if somebody can't accept the fact that at this stage in the game, a band has versatility in their musical styles, then... You yeah, know, if, then, you, if you have 20 albums and you look back at all... If you're a band, you have 20 albums and you look back and go... Oh, over 45 years, we never changed anything? Like, yeah. that, you shouldn't be proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to change. You're supposed to do different things. And the Beatles are a great example. In a, in a, less, in a 10-year span, they changed their style how many times? <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of something. You know, I, I want to hold your hand to uh, um, Revolution, Revolution 9, right? And uh, Helter Skelter. Helter, <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite Beatles song. Uh Oh man, there were some weird ones too. I took a oh, Beatles man. a Beatles yeah. class for a whole semester in yeah, college, and <laughs> and we got into some of the weird stuff. Um, some I saw on Reddit, I think somebody mentioned that we were talking about they they were talking about the future of Rush, and this guy was like, oh, he insisted that they were gonna write music but not tour, and he said it worked out for a certain band from Liverpool, and then this other guy was like. I can't remember the exact argument, but he debunked it so so hard. He's like, right. no, the, the situations were very different. The Beatles quit touring in the middle of their prime. Yeah. That would, you know, it'd be like moving pictures comes out and then they're like, here's signals, but we're not going to tour right. <laughs> forever. And uh, it was like a very different situation. And part of the reason was too, is that they started recording and writing music and recording past the ability to play it live and have it sound that way. The Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, they I mean, were doing Rush all these do funky they, recording things. Right. Rush can do what they do now because of the technology and make it sound mm-hmm. like it's supposed to. But, uh, you know, and then you have the, the whole aspect of them actually, it's not some guy in the background playing a recording. Right, they're, they're actually they're doing it. all that, yep. But, you know, the the Beatles, I mean, I saw an actual Beatles trip, not that this is a Beatles podcast, but I saw a, Beatle, a Beatles tribute a, a band. Beatles tri- a Beatles tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> that what do you listen to i like the biddles <laughs> yeah. they had the uh the four guys on stage playing the parts looking the parts and then they had this guy off to the side with a whole keyboard set up playing all the strings all the backgrounds uh-huh. all the extra stuff that was on the recordings you know incorporated live but uh they couldn't do that back then there no was no physical way i mean it reminds me of the uh the jonas brothers when they were big and they because i was like remember we would get those catalogs in the mail uh, the guitar catalogs and i would study them yeah i would like look at you know, all these like gibson les pauls and so i knew the models that the of the guitars they're playing and those three guys had the most expensive les pauls you could get at that <laughs> time they were all custom les pauls and uh they weren't even like plugged in yeah and behind them was a band <laughs> playing everything with like amplifiers and like clearly they were making the music and the Jonas Brothers were out front faking it, yeah. uh, and I've in in this year whatever Nick Jonas I don't know which one it is but the one that's still kind of yeah, kicking not up on my Jonases. Do you did you see the video of him trying to solo at some like award show? No, he took a guitar solo and it sounds like it sounds like your your baby sister tried to take a guitar solo. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Oh, man. Jonas Brothers, The Biddles, and Sting on a Rush podcast. <laughs> the Biddles. The Biddles. <laughs> a cover band. <laughs> a cover I think band I just came the... up with a new name for my band. Right. <laughs> What's up? We're The Biddles. <laughs> <laughs> we got mad riddles. We're The Biddles. Uh, what, can we do anything like... I mean, Rush is too simple a word to like mess around with like that. We're Roosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just spell it the same way right cover bands like they, they made fun of themselves rash. rash with the shirts <laughs> Rouge rash uh all right we're gonna I, what i just wanted to say i i missed my opportunity to let the rush fans know back on father's day because i couldn't come on the mic for some reason but jay mantis got me this really great shirt for father's day it was a rush shirt and it had three balls on the back and the hold your fire emblem on the front it was really cool i just wanted to thank him in front of the rush crowd <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if you wanted me to, i'm like what are you getting at like <laughs> are you not why don't you just say it's a hold your fire shirt i did it i liked that shirt because it wasn't just a red shirt yeah i've seen them in white not that you can buy them I mean, you can't buy like new hold your fire shirts but um yeah. it's like black and then has the red balls against the black 
Right, on the back. As opposed to the red, which is yeah. cool, looks cool to me. But it was neat. My first Rush shirt, actually. Yeah, I don't know many. Sh- I don't own many shirts either. It's kind. Of, it's not really like merchandise for bands isn't like my favorite thing ever. I don't really get into the t-shirt thing. Mm. I know a lot of people are like really sentimental about what Rush shirts they have. Well, um, you know, I remember back in the day, you used to go to a concert and uh, they'd sell all that stuff, and you could buy a concert t-shirt for five bucks yeah a little different and then i remember when it went up to 10 and i'm like well you know and then when they started selling them for 50 and i'm like i don't need a shirt (laughs) yeah but and it's stupid because like in the 70s you went to a rush concert and then it was like your opportunity to have a selection of rush shirts it's like here's the only time in your life where you could be like which of these 10 t-shirts about rush do you want right you couldn't go online and find everyone in existence right uh, well, thanks for helping me with the first part of the show, Dad Mantis. No problem. All right, let's jump into the final round of the trivia series. It's time for the trivia series. I say. Brought to you by Doug's Rush Toothpaste. Don't just brush your teeth. Rush your teeth. Go brush your teeth. This week is our championship round. The two highest scorers from the last month or so are joining me today, and I'm actually video chatting with them. You guys can't see them, but I can. How's it going, guys? Doing great. We have Dylan. Well. We have Dylan Bano, and we have Matthew Seeloff, two youngins like myself, who uh, who did exceptionally well on the setlist chat or not the setlist chat. Oh my gosh. I've got my man Dylan uh, Bano in front of me who won the setless challenge. That's why I said setless challenge. But these two scored exceptionally well in the trivia series. And so we're going to cap it off here today. Whoever gets the most points in this round will be crowned the winner. Here's how it's going to work. It'll be slightly different. I just got done explaining it to these two. And I'll explain it to you right now. Uh, each of them are going to get their own separate eight questions. Uh, we'll do it in a round. I'll give one to Dylan, I'll give one to Matt, and so on. If they get the question right, they get two points. There are no hints in this round, by the way. You either know it or you don't. Unless I feel super yeah. generous for some reason halfway through this. Uh, if they answer the question correctly, they get two points, and I'll keep track here. If they get it wrong, they get zero points. If they get it wrong, the other has an opportunity to steal that question. And if you get the stolen question right, I'll give you one point. I think that makes sense, right? much cool okay here is mud so it's tough to tell you guys apart i mean we uh you know through skype your voices sound similar but i don't think there will be too many times where we're talking at the same time luckily so it'll be it'll just kind of be one at a time anyway um all right you ready to go yes okay i'm gonna flip a coin here to determine who goes first it's actually a uh it's not an actual coin. I won't tell you what it is, but I'm flipping something. Dylan's going to go first. Here we go, Dylan. All right. What song did the Fly By Night Tours set list begin with? I only got two albums to choose from, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very good at this so i'll just guess i'll just get anthem yeah it's a good guess but it's incorrect uh matthew do you know Uh, matthew makes uh, a face as if he thought that was the answer if i get it wrong am i gonna lose points no yeah i'm gonna say finding my way that is correct one point for matthew I mean, it was one of the two, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're going to open with Working Man, but uh, I probably would have guessed Anthem as well. Here that we go. That was my first guess. Yeah. Here's Matthew's uh, first round question. What two Fly By Night songs were not performed on any of the Fly By Night tours? Rivendell has got to be one of them. <laughs> and, um,. Hmm. I'm gonna say making memories. That's correct. Nice job. 
okay, back to Dylan. What is Jerry Stiller's favorite song? Uh, passes to Bangkok. They never play Bangkok. That is correct. Two points for Dylan. Okay. Nice job. That one kind of makes up for that first one. Yeah, I think I knew that one off the top of my head. So Here's Matthew. The Clockwork Angels tour taught us that the big money is exactly what dollar amount? One million dollars. Very good. I was, I was hoping I would, uh, I was hoping I'd have um, worded that correctly so you knew what I meant. Back to Dylan. <laughs> what tour book shows Alex drunkenly operating a lawnmower? Uh, okay. My first guess would be signals because of the obvious grass. For some reason, I want to think it was test for echo. Final answer. I'll go test for echo. Not test for echo. Matt, do you have a guess? He and I went the same way with the grass on signals, so I'm going to go with signals, final answer. Not signals. It is actually counterparts. You remember <sighs> remember counterparts? If you Counter open up the booklet inside, it's got like a million different pictures. That was one of them. He's like, run, that, he's like see, holding a glass of wine. He's running somebody over. It's a great picture. I see, that's why I thought it was test for because I knew it was 90s. Or it could have been 90s, but I don't know. The other thing they is... Were off. If you notice, like, the tour books and, like, those booklets, accordingly, they get more and more out there and more and more, uh, there's just more content with each later album. I wasn't alive during that tour, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, how old are you, Matthew? You're 19? I'm 19. So you were born in, uh, 97? Yep, the year of the Echo Tour. Wow, very cool. And Dylan is 24, correct? Uh, yeah, I'll be 24 this year. Yeah, cool. All right. Uh, we're on to Matthew. What correct. Tour, what tour book shows Getty trying Jay on... two points. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what tour book shows Getty trying on different noses? Uh, oh, that's that's got to be. Um, oh shoot! I know they did the videos with the fried chicken. I don't know if it was Snakes and Arrows or Clockwork Angels though, because he had different noses for Clockwork Angels too. Um, shoot. Now, oh, well, let me actually, clarify. This this is a photo. This isn't a video. Okay, um, trying on different noses? Yes. Mm. And it's a tour book? Mm-hmm. He isn't, he isn't, like, actively putting a nose on, but he's about to start trying on noses. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I know the Hold Your Fire album has the dude with the juggling, so I thought maybe clowns, but I'm going to say Time Machine Tour. Final answer. I have no idea. No, it's Roll the Bones. He's got his hair pulled back, and he's got all these noses in his dressing room, right? You know what I'm talking about? Come on. I do, but you could have given Dylan a chance to steal that. Oh, I didn't give him a chance. Wow, look at this. I'll give him a bonus uh, lyric way question. Way to go. You want, a bon you want a bonus lyric question for a possible one point? Sure. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure, you jerk. Would you have would you have known that, Dylan? Did you know that? Did you know the answer to that question? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Let me think of. I will think of a lyric on the spot right now, in my head. Um, I have a great question for him that that I know the answer to. That you can give him a point on. Let me think. Um, Actually, okay. I'll ask. You Oh, wait, you, you, Matthew, you want to ask him a lyric? I've got a great... It's not a lyric question. It's just a trivia question. I'll go for it. For, for a possible one point. What? Sure. 
what Rush song was originally going to be a song about the story of Gawain and the Green Knight? Oh, Natural Science. Yeah. That's a good, <laughs> oh my isn't God. that a good question, though? That's a great question. I, uh, I would not I, have known that in a million years, and Dylan answered without hesitation. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good. All right. So we got the bonus point. Now we're on to. Yeah. We're back to Dylan, right? <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> got you. <laughs> uh, okay, Dylan. Opening song for the last five tours. Give me the opening song for the last five tours. <laughs> all all five tours. All five. Matt's making faces. That's a hard. Okay. That's a that's a big <laughs> chunky question. Okay, so, um, okay, so just just to clarify for R forty, is that like, say the uh, the live album opening song? Because I know they they didn't always open with the same song. Well, they o- they opened <laughs> with the very first song opened with the same s- song, right? Maybe the s- second and third, but I think actually. At the beginning of the R40 tour, I believe they were opening with Clockwork Angels for the first few days. Oh, but interesting. For the majority of it, it is, it is the Anarchist. Well, that, well so then, just for one. the sake of continuity, we'll say the DVD version of all of those tours. What, did the, what was the first song on the okay. DVD for all of them? Okay, so Clockwork, uh, R40 is Anarchist. Clockwork is Subdivisions. Time Machine is the Spirit of Radio. Snakes and Arrows is Snakes and Arrows is well, uh, Snakes and Arrows was uh no what was that. That was Limelight. And R30 was the R30 melody overture, whatever. Yeah, the medley. Uh, What was the first track on that medley? Finding My Way. Yep. You got one more. That was five. That was. How was it? Uh, Clockwork. Time Machine. Time Machine, Clockwork, R40. That was five. What's uh what's Rio then? Give me Rio. Rio is Tom Sawyer. Yeah, how did I miscount that? Let me think. Uh Clockwork Oh no, R <laughs> I, I forgot R forty, that's what it was. R forty, Clockwork, Time Machine, Snakes, R R thirty. That's right. I hadn't counted the la- latest one. Sometimes in my head yeah. uh Clockwork <laughs> is still the most recent tour for some reason. I don't know if it's because R forty was such a short tour or what. Uh, but my bad. Yeah, so good job. You, when I initially asked that question, you looked a little freaked out. And Matthew was making faces, so uh, you ended up with the points. I only knew uh, R30, uh, Snakes, and R40. Oh, so you would have missed that one. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I would have. I would. Now, I was going to give Dylan yeah, a hint. Was... I was going to give Dylan a hint there when he struggled with Snakes, but then I looked at the corresponding question for this round for Matthew. And I thought, man, Uh-oh. Matthew's question's even harder, I think. Maybe not. Uh, you gave me that one a couple of weeks ago. What was the one a couple weeks like, ago? Hmm? What was it a couple of weeks ago? I cut you off. Or did they not play Limelight? And somehow I just knew that it was Presto and there was another one. And I was like, oh, jeez, uh, Grace Under Pressure. And you were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll admit that is a totally bogus question. I was, I was running out of ideas for questions and i thought if i were on this show and the host gave me that question i would have hung up in his face and been like this is stupid <laughs> this is an awful well, and then <laughs> gave me a lyrics question that was actually what uh Brune said at the beginning of sitting this x1 which aren't really lyrics it was prose oh you know what because good- kevin picked that one right Kevin picked it, and I didn't know it, and then he said it was Cygnus, and I thought, oh, well, that's a long song, and I don't know that song super well lyrically, so I'm sure, you know, that was just tough luck that it was on a it's long thing- song, but it wasn't even a lyric. 
Oh boy. So Kevin, like, Kevin got us. The joke's on us. We chose him yeah, to pick. But I got him. It. That's incredible. Wow. I apologize for that. That's Here, fine. Here's your next question. Name the tracks uh, that were the encore for R40. There are four of them. Oh, um, Lakeside Park and Anthem were played together as a medley, and then Working or What You're Doing and Working Man as a. As All right, a I guess I guess that one wasn't so tough. Dylan, would you have gotten that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I would yeah, have gotten the... I saw two shows, I know. I would have gotten, like, the albums, I think, but I don't know if I would have been able to remember what the tracks were in order. Well, I know. Well, no, they're in I order. Remember. I don't know. Like, and not last deal day. <laughs> okay, we're, we're doing good here. Halfway. Uh, Dylan. There are six tracks on A Farewell to Kings. Name them in reverse order. Okay. That one's easy. Okay. Uh, okay. Cygnus X one is the first one. Then God, I don't know. <laughs> Closer to the Heart, Cinderella Man. Um Madrigal, Xanadu, Farewell to Kings. That's wrong. Do you wanna you wanna give me a final answer? If you know it's wrong, that's not a hint, right? <laughs> Madrigal's after Cinderella Mats, so switch those. Yeah. So Cygnus closer to the heart. Do I have to say them again? Cygnus, then what? Cygnus, closer to the heart. Uh, no, closer to the heart's not there. You're helping him too much, Jay. I I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I can't with. So what is it? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, let's go, Cygnus, Cinderella Man, Madrigal. Closer to the Heart, Xanadu, Farewell to Kings. It's close, but it's not there. Um, it's, it's not there. Let's yeah. see. Let's see if Matthew's got it. Sex one, Madrigal, Cinderella Man, Closer to the Heart, Xanadu, with Farewell to Kings. Final answer. Jeez. <laughs> no. Wow. No mercy. Getting erotic. I don't. Mm-hmm. No. No mercy there, but I don't know if I would have got that one. I don't know if I know the order. I know. <laughs> Because you're always going on about that. I'm always going on about what? How Madrigal is the second to last one, and it's like, you know, from all the rest, it's the Wish Them Well. It's the Wish Them Well song, that's right. Every album has a Wish Them Well song. Or the the Wish Them Well position, the slot. That's a good point. Okay, Matthew, here's yours. Name the tracks on Hemispheres from longest to shortest runtime. Longest to shortest? Yep. Um... SX1, Book 2, Hemispheres, La Villa Strangiato, uh, The Tree's Circumstances. Final answer. Yes, you got it. I was hoping it would trip you up with those yeah, two that, shorter that one ones. That was easier than... Those two shorter ones did trip me up for a little bit, but I know that instrumental section in the middle of the trees is really long. Yes. Circumstances just go. That's true. Um, <laughs> Dylan's like, oh my god. Can you give me some easier ones, please? Uh, let me see what the next round looks like. Okay, this is for Dylan. How are the names Kyla and Julian related to Rush? Um, those are um, those are Gabby's kids, right? That is yeah. correct. Nice job. Those two points. And then for Matthew, you know, follow Getty Lee on Twitter. You follow Getty on Twitter? What? No. Interesting. He stopped posting. He stops posting. That's weird. I wonder what his deal yeah, is. That's kind of weird. Follow him on Instagram too. <laughs> uh, you know when I uh, 
when I sat seventh row at one of the clockwork shows, th- there was like one of the official photos from behind Neil's kit showed like the, the audience all lit up and you could see me with like my arms up and my bright white shirt on. And it was that VIP package clockwork angels shirt that was like white and blue. And so I made up, I like went into Microsoft paint or something and I like pointed to my head and I said, you know, here's Jay Mantis. And then over to the side, I have another bubble pointing to Neil Peart. And I said, Twitter grump, Neil Peart. <laughs> Neil Peart. <laughs> I think Twitter grump is a good word for Neil. He's a little grumpy sometimes. That's all. All right. Uh, I think I think Dylan will like this next one. This is for Matthew. Spell Alex Lifeson's official last name. <laughs> Dylan gives me a huge thumbs up on the video. Thank you. I like, I like that one. The. Do you know what it is? It's like it means son of life. It's like Zdenovich, but I can't even sort of begin to try that. So go ahead and take it from me. You want to try it, Dylan? I yeah, I know it because I've seen the episode of the Trailer Park Boys where they steal or kidnap Alex Lifeson so, and uh, hold him ransom. It's a, it's a great episode. I know, I know. I literally just watched it. Like, I've known it's a thing for so long, but I finally, like, I have Netflix now, and I just went and watched it, and it was very enjoyable, but I don't understand how that enables you to spell the name. S- spell it? Yeah. I need, Yeah, that's the question, man. you got to spell oh. it. Oh, I thought it was uh, just like announcing. <laughs> no, I guess Skype must have cut out at that moment. But yeah, you got to spell that thing, and I'm not yeah. saying I can. Okay. I couldn't. Okay, Zivo Univich. Z, Z. It's Z, not Z. So Z. That's your opinion. Z I V O J I N I V I C H. You missed it by one letter. E It's Ovianovich. It's O V I C H, not I V I C H. That's amazing that you did. You even got that close. Okay, uh, who's up? Uh, Dylan, right? Yeah. Hmm. I knew what it meant. Here's our lyric round. Oh, good. (laughs) Matthew likes the lyrics. uh, Here we go, Dylan. So light yet endless. Camera eye. The camera eye is correct. Nice job. And Matthew... Matthew's lyric. I don't think my new resolve can stand the strain. Oh, shoot. That's got to be from Snakes and Arrows, because I don't know it immediately. Can you say it again? I don't think my new resolve can stand the strain. Oh, I think I stumped the lyric guru here. It's... It has to be from Snakes and Arrows, or from Scars, <laughs> or Taishan, because those are the only songs that I don't really listen to very much. <laughs> are you sure that uh, it has to be from those? No, now you're saying that, so I'm not. <laughs> All right, give me a second here. Think my new result. Now you guys, now you guys are even with the hints, by the way. Well, I'm sort of. So you're telling me it's not from Snakes and Arrows? Yep. Okay. That means I'll be able to figure it out. I just got to go through like what songs are are in first person is the thing. Stand the strain. You know, I don't want to be wasting too much time here and it feels like Race under pressure almost because strain, but he's shaking his head. So it's I'm not. not. I'm not shaking my head. Anything. <laughs> You're just making stuff up now. I know. I don't. 
Uh, I'm going to say some album titles and I'm going to watch you. <laughs> it's like poker. <laughs> I think you have, yeah, I think yeah. you got ace. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. Um, you know, it's right on the top of my head. It's right in the tip. It's right there, but I don't know what it is. So I'm just going to throw out. Shoot. I can't even think of anything to throw out like that. Um, the Necromancer, which is wrong. Because <laughs> that's in third. It is not the Necromancer. Uh, Dylan, do you have a guess? What is it? We'll see if Dylan knows. Mm. Yeah, I'm asking him because I, I hope he knows. Don't know. But. I don't think my new resolve can stand to the strain. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that the uh, him he was he was faking you out when he made you think it wasn't from Snakes and Arrows and I'll go with uh, Spindrift. It is not Spindrift. This is a song that is yeah. widely regarded as a bad Rush song. So okay, you- hang on then. Uh, 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 virtuality? <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's one that I defend get- often. I often defend this one, and I'm I'm pretty confused about. Erotica. I'm confused about why it's lumped together with Taishan and uh, Dog Years, things things like that. Erotica. What did you say, Matthew? Face up. Face up is correct. <laughs> the line after is "I'm on a roll now" or whatever. I don't have the lyrics in front of me. Okay, cool. So no points oh. that round. I stumped you up with the lyrics. No, I was singing a completely different lyric there. What were you singing? I think my mood is off. I'll stand this game. <laughs> of course. Yeah, sure. All right, listen. <laughs> I don't know that. Let me, let me count oh, these I'm, up. Uh, two, four, six, eight. Keeping in mind that I started out with more points than him. You had one more point. Yeah, one more point. the other guy does. I mean, at the beginning, I said whoever had most points this round, though. So, I mean, I guess that would be a tiebreaker. Oh, four, More six, like Judas, right? All right, the score is... This is really funny. You guys, when you came into this round, Dylan had nine points, and Matthew had ten points. And as we get to the last sec, uh, section of questions for this round, Dylan has nine points, and Matthew has ten points. It's the exact same score that you came in with as Matthew starts dancing in his room. I wish you all could see this. Uh, what Rush shirt do you have on, Matthew? All I see is, uh, it's a 21. All I see is the U.S. It might as well just be a, an American shirt. 2112 tour. 2112 star, man. They're very cool. You got a poster that's uh, Hemispheres behind you, right, Dylan? Nice. The oh, double yeah. necks. I've got the I've got the same one uh, somewhere, but I'm not even in my own house right now. I'm helping my sister move, so I'm just in an empty room right now. <laughs> my uh, my bedroom as a kid was just full of snakes and arrows posters. Nothing else. Okay, here we go. Dylan's question, last question for today. What are the only two tracks on Grace Under Pressure that contain time signatures other than four four? I waited until the last round of the trivia series to finally drop a music theory question on all you guys. Well, I've been a drummer for 11 years, so bring it on. <laughs> Grace Under Pressure? Uh, yep, on Grace Under Pressure, everything's in 4-4. Four, four. It's really standard, except two tracks that contain parts that are in other time signatures. And they're, and they're, uh, we, they're is, weird time signatures, yeah. exotic time signatures. Uh, Kid Gloves is in 5-4. And... And, uh, just an early warning, that, uh, synth part. You, do, 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 you do, nailed do, it, man. Do, do. That's some 7 and some 5 yeah. on that album. Nice job. There's 2. Regains the lead, he does. And here we go, I, Matthew. I don't love time signatures as much as you, but I still love them. You're a bass player, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, Matt, we got bass player versus drummer here, and he insists he's good. Uh, let's see. Name the two time signatures that are present simultaneously in the track Clockwork Angels. Uh, 
Okay, hang on. I got things at the same time. He's gone. I don't even see him anymore. He had to go to the other side of the room to think about it. How do we know he's not cheating over there? I think he's just frantically pacing. <laughs> he's now he's gonna take he's gonna take the camera along with him while he paces. Any anything to get in his head. <laughs> it's that same time signature that they used in the America song and West Side Story. Anybody remember that? Yeah. yeah, it's what we call a... Well, I guess I won't tell you what it's called. We might give it away. So, I'm going to call that time signature... Um... 12-8. Yeah, 12 beats per measure. 8 not just 1 beat. So that's one. I'm going to say that's one of them. 12-8. Uh, and four four final answer. That's is that right? That's correct. There's a couple different, a couple different examples in that song, but the ones you gave me were correct. But I'm thinking of the where the drums are going. And Getty's just singing the chorus. Yeah, there, I mean there are times when like the drums are in twelve or six, whichever one six eight twelve eight just depends on how you group the eighth notes. And um, yeah, but while that's happening, Getty's playing on his bass. He's playing four quarter notes over it, so it's like a hemiola kind of effect. Is what the music theory term for it is. Um, yes. Well, and Getty goes, you know, clockwork angels spread their arms and sing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Four, that's a really four, funky four, four. tune in general for time signatures. There's a lot of interesting things happening. Uh, the end, like the very end. When he says, as if to fly, and then the band kicks back in for a few measures. That right there is like the biggest example. You can hear it the heaviest right there. Especially on Neil's playing the hi-hats with his feet. He's just like kind of clapping them together. He's playing like pieces of eight on the marimba. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, okay. Dylan, don't look so so grumpy, man. I'm not. I'm just. I can't. There's no. Uh, there's no spot for me to interject with anything. <laughs> I, I knew that answer just for the record. You did know it. I bet. Yeah. Right. We, yeah. There's no way to tell, right? I, so, I all right, so listen. With our final score, I guess this makes sense. Or it, you know, it, it checks out. Matthew has 12. Dylan has one. Uh, you know, Dylan had one less point in the regular season, and here we are in the postseason, and he loses by one. You know, one point. So I'm just happy it was close and that it was funny and it was uh, I think it'll be a good listen on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, th that was a lot of fun. I totally Love appreciate to yeah. you guys having uh, the balls to come on here and let me throw questions at you that I think are. Those were. <laughs> what did you say? Some of those were hard too, like the tour, the the tour book questions. I would have oh. never. I think it's tough for oh, yeah. the three of us because we're younger. Oh. Like, I don't know much about any tour books before Snakes and Arrows, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've seen them, I've, I've looked at the pictures online, but if you ask me something about Snakes and Arrows tour book, I'm going to know it, because I spent, you know, my year as a 16-year-old studying it, <laughs> because I had nothing else to do. I thought, I thought my... I haven't looked at any tour books, so I have no idea. <laughs> uh-huh. You going to say something, Matthew? All right, well, the important thing is... Oh, I, d I thought my Sir Gawain question was difficult, but it wasn't. But uh, it was difficult for way. me. Oh my god! Oh, are you gonna? You were just about to drop a Rick and Morty quote, and I cut you off. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> He's not gonna do it now. Hey, what is uh, was like <laughs> what is Cheddarface? That's your like your 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 Twitter name and all that. I don't know. I've been using it for like eight years. I have no idea where it came from. That's the best thing you could have said. <laughs> that that makes it awesome. You know what I mean? Well, right now on Twitter, it's YY Ched, so... YY Ched. And Dylan, uh, it being pronounced uh, Zed is definitely up for debate, so I don't like you talking like that's a surefire thing. Well, that's how you say it when it's YYZ. Yeah, but yeah. earlier Dylan was like, oh, yeah, it's pronounced and Zed, by the way, and it's like, hold on a minute. No, that's... 
It's it's definitely pronounced Z. Yeah, you sound real sure of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you sound right. sure about yourself on answers too. Yeah. Guys, thanks again for doing this. This was a lot of fun. And um we'll talk soon, I know that. And if I get um feedback from listeners that uh you know messages if you guys got something you want to say to these two send me an email and i'll forward it to them uh otherwise you guys got anything to say before i kick you out um roll the bones snakes and arrows is overrated (laughs) all right that those are your two rush statements you want the rush world to know is that snakes and arrows is overrated you're allowed to say and you're allowed to say that Snakes and Arrows is not the best album, but I don't think it's an overrated album. I mean, as far as this podcast is concerned, All right. and what's an good song is Anagram for Mongo. What wait? What about Anagram? It's the best. It's it's like it's like one of their best songs. Absolutely, Anagram and Available Light. Now you're just trolling. No, I love those songs. Anagram and Available Light, they're so good. Anagram. I'll accept Available hilarious. Light. I will not accept Anagram. Dylan, what are your 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 rush the points you want to make to the Rush community? Uh, I don't have any hot takes like Matt does, but uh, you could at I'll least say I'm kind of I'm kind of strange. What's that? You could at least show Snakes and Arrows some love after what he just said. I, I don't think it's overrated because I don't think it's uh, uh, you know considered to be among the best. I, I see it a lot like really in the middle or below the middle of lots of people's top twenties or whatever they want to make. So mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't think it or uh, I don't think it can be technically overrated. But he, he can t- he can tell you that uh, you shouldn't like it as much. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, and, and like you said, if if it's overrated on Rushcast, then yeah, maybe that's a true statement. I'll work on it, I promise. <laughs> Listen, I think Vapor Trails might take that spot away from my top three pretty soon anyway, so. What right. you're saying is, is no safe seat at the feast. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Anagram quote out of nowhere. Yeah, thanks a lot. We really needed that. All right, thank you guys hey, man, for listening, you. and I hope you enjoyed the trivia series. This was fun, and I'm glad that we had Matthew Seeloff, our, our champion. And Dylan, i got to be honest, I'm kind of happy that you didn't win because I didn't want you to have two championships for my show <laughs> because <that laughs> it just wouldn't sit right with me, you know? All right. Yeah, like, I'm, am I the only Canadian that's been on the show? No, you're not the only Canadian, but... Uh, okay. I just I'm just annoyed that you won the set list challenge, and then I'd be super annoyed if you won this thing, you know. But that's not the right. case, so this is great. All right, we will talk right. to you guys soon, and uh, I'll see all of you listeners real soon. Yeah.